0: What's up, everybody? It's Power Rankings podcast, aka the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined with the one and only the post party. Sound like I said the postpartum
1: at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. How was your Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, I had a lot of fun. It, you know, the best thing is we got an awesome game that was competitive all the way through. Really enjoy it. This was a fun Super Bowl.
0: Let me translate this for you, everybody. Why Marcus is in a good mood, even though it's really late where he is. Uh, Two things. One, the Eagles lost. And two, he made a lot of money.
1: To be fair, (laughs) when the Chiefs went up by eight, part of me was actually rooting for Philadelphia to tie the game back up. So while I was rooting for Kansas City to ultimately win, I did want – there were moments in the game where I was rooting for Philly. So – I just thought we had an awesome game. This is one of the better Super Bowls that we've had.
0: Uh, There's going to be some people that would disagree with you there. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you there because of the ending and the call, which we can get to uh, on Bradbury. Uh, I thought it was a really good Super Bowl myself. Um, It's always different. I was at a party myself, and I'll be honest with everybody. I prefer watching the Super Bowl like in my mom's den by myself like I when it's a big game I want to be able to lock in on the big game Um, so I really enjoyed seeing my friends obviously uh, really enjoyed that but it makes it harder don't you think you know when you're the Super Bowl is always harder to concentrate on and uh, but it was a really good game a lot of ebbs and flows everything came into play here from offense defense quarterback play special teams came up huge in this game uh, the officiating had its mark. Replay had its mark. Literally, this game had uh, had injury drama. uh, had a, uh, a halftime show that's been uh, talked about a lot. It really had, like, everything. Uh, so, obviously, I have to get your thoughts on the halftime show.
1: <laughs> it's fine. I don't think this was like Michael Jackson or anything like this uh, uh, at, a, at a halftime show, but it was fine. I enjoyed it.
0: I may have to send this tweet out tomorrow, but, you know, I, I get the buzz over Rihanna's performance, but quite frank, frankly, I don't – where was this buzz when she was in Battleship? I, I, you know.
1: Let's yeah. just say I wasn't so, disappointed. I, I just – I thought it was a very good show.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about Battleship. You weren't no, disappointed man, because the totally aliens, not. remember, they got stopped. They were sensitive to light, uh, if you recall. But, yeah, let's not uh, spend
1: any more time talking about Battleship. Yeah,
0: we won't. <laughs> we won't. Uh, interesting game in the sense that both teams, uh, if they did in fact script their first 15 plays or whatever, came out with touchdowns on mm-hmm. both ends. Um, this was a game that that you thought was going to be under a Vegas put at 51. Uh, the defenses had a
1: really hard time getting stops in this game. Yeah, and the, the coaches on both sides, for the most part, we're super aggressive on fourth down. It's it's hard enough to stop these teams in three downs. But when you're basically just in go for it every time you're in fourth down, I mean, you're just not going to get out the field. I thought the Chiefs actually did a really good job of getting Philadelphia to fourth down. But when you get to fourth and inches on every single drive, how do you stop? that QB sneak play, which I'm sure is going to be outlawed by this. That's time going to be outlawed.
0: Yeah. I, I watched the, the uh, Super Bowl with an Eagles fan and I looked at him. I go, that play is gone next year. I can guarantee you that. And he didn't disagree. Um, I would say that the, while the defense still had a hard time in the second half, the tackling got a lot crisper the second half uh, in particular, Gardner Johnson made some great oh plays from the safety God. position. Uh, both times, I think on Pacheco, uh, one time, Pacheco, I thought he was going to bust a run for about 30, and Garner Johnson just came in like a missile. Right on the um, sideline, you're saying? Yeah, right on the sideline. But ultimately, yep. uh, at the end of the day, uh, the defenses, particularly the Eagles defense, couldn't get a stop when it mattered. Um, but going back to the first half, this game I think was 14-7, to I want to say, when Jalen Hurts had that fumble that Bolton returned for the touchdown. I was thinking at the time, man, if the Eagles move this ball right down the field and it's 21-7, to I don't know that we're going to have a game. That, to me, was – I know it was really early in the game, but that play was far more important than what some people thought was a ticky-tack
1: holding call on Bradbury. So that's obviously one of the big changing points in the game. For me, it was the Kadarius-Tony punt return right, just to get the ball for Kansas City inside the 10-yard line where they really didn't have to do much. That felt like it was the that play that swung the game. But, yeah, Bolton's touchdown uh, on basically, I don't want to call it unforced air by Jalen Hurts, but pretty close to it, right? Uh, definitely felt like that's when it was like, uh-oh, Philly, you're kind of letting Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs hang around.
0: It's interesting with the Eagles because a couple of their losses this year came on unforced errors. If you remember their late season loss at Dallas, the huge play in that game was a missed exchange between, I think it was Boston Scott and Gardner yeah. Minshew that the Cowboys recovered. Uh, it was a huge play in that game because up until that point, the Cowboys were having a hard time stopping the Eagles offense. You know, That game was, I don't remember what the final score was, but it was, 37, 35 or something like that. And uh, this game, very similar. Um, I thought that was a huge play in the game. The other thing I thought was really big in this game in terms of early was the middle eight, the middle eight minutes, the last four minutes of the first half, the first four minutes of the second half. The Eagles didn't get a touchdown. They had a a reception by Devontae Smith, I believe, called back. I actually didn't see that play. I listened to that play on the radio because I was in transit. Mm. But apparently they thought on the radio broadcast, everyone but Kurt Warner thought that that was going to be a catch, including the official that they had um, for Westwood one. Kevin Harlan thought it was going to be a catch. And then they put that back. And then the Eagles only got a field goal out of it. And then – Chiefs get the ball second half, they go right down the field, Marcus. I thought that was a huge stanza in the game.
1: Yeah, and actually I thought Philadelphia's clock management right at the end of half was not great. Jalen Hurts threw a ball underneath to I believe AJ Brown, I think. And AJ Brown got tackled and they had to they let the clock tick down, called the timeout, kicked the field goal. If he just doesn't throw that ball or he throws the ball to the sideline. I think Philly gets a few more shots at the end zone, and with the way they were moving the ball, uh, you know those four points obviously could have huge impact in the game. So, I I, I do want to say I thought Jalen Hurts played a phenomenal game, uh, absolutely yep. phenomenal. There's just a couple plays here and there, you know, you do things a little bit differently, uh, and you might be Super Bowl champions. That's what's so frustrating about some of these games.
0: One of the plays that was interesting that he made, well, first of all, do, do you think Devontae Smith caught that ball or do you think that was the proper reversal?
1: Uh, I think they got it right by changing it back. It was close, but I, I do think he it was a drop.
0: Yeah, they ended up getting one on the Goddard catch on the sideline. That was in the second half. Uh, one of the other interesting plays of the first half was the deep ball from Hurts to A.J. Brown to put him up 14-7. to seven. You know, when you throw the ball deep, you obviously don't want to throw so inaccurate or lead your receiver. Like if, if the receiver's going down the sideline, you don't want to leave it, lead him inside so that the safety can make a play, but you don't always have to be hyper accurate. And I think that this was a good example where he gave AJ Brown a chance to, to run to the spot where the ball was going to be yep. and the corner. Clearly the corner was watching AJ Brown the whole time. And then when he tried to reacquire the ball, that's when he lost it and AJ Brown yep. went behind him. I thought that was a great play, just
1: all around. Yeah, I mean AJ Brown flipped his hips so easily and then made a great catch. I honestly I thought the, the play by Brown was better than the throw, but you're right, right? If you if you throw that ball on a line, I don't know if Brown has enough time to adjust and make a catch. But if you give him a little bit more air, and even if the throw is off a little bit, you let your receiver you know, you give them a chance to make a play. That's exactly what Brown did, and it was a huge play for Philly. The only thing you, you – look, if you throw a ball that's
0: somewhat inaccurate like that one, but you're leading it away from the safety, you're fine. If you throw the ball inaccurately, but you're leading it towards the safety, that's when you're in trouble. So uh, that throw was away from the safety. The corner lost it, and, and Brown made a great play. Anyway, I just wanted to make that point. that, you, that It doesn't always have to be pinpoint, yeah. because there are people – that have bagged on Hurts throwing a little bit because he didn't throw the ball particularly well in the championship game. He missed AJ oh, Brown. he was AJ so Brown.
1: much better in this game. Yes.
0: so much better. Um he had a really good game, uh, Jalen Hurts yeah. did. Now if we get to the second half, um I talked about the middle eight. The Chiefs go down the field. I thought the Chiefs opening second half drive was tremendously important that they got a touchdown and not a butker field goal.
1: I agree. Uh, it just felt like – what was the score at that point? Was it 24-14? Eagles were up by 10. Yeah, yeah that's right. 24-14. It felt like – it felt like you were – the, the Chiefs had to get points and they had to get a touchdown because I you just didn't see Philly getting stopped that many times in the second half. And I thought that was one of Andy Reid's best game scripts, especially with Patrick Mahomes being a little bit gimpy out there, right – Easy throws and some stuff to get the playmakers of the ball, like Darius Tony and Sky Moore. And they ran a, a really cool uh, play with Jarek McKinnon where he was lined up as a fullback, and he got a big chunk play in the second half. I, I just thought they were so good.
0: You talked about the competition committee taking away that rugby play that's like an automatic. Yeah. I think the competition committee really, really, truly this time needs to look at the catch rule. Uh, it's not going to be talked about now, but I thought that was total BS. That was a Bolton touchdown, second half. I, did, I hated that call that they overturned the fumble, Chiefs returned for a touchdown. Well, Here's what, go ahead.
1: I, I had a friend ask me, if that play is in the end zone, does it count as a touchdown? Yes. Like if if Miles Sanders catches that ball with two feet down, but doesn't he get the third foot down, is, do they count that as a touchdown? We
0: saw this later in the game. So again, I was watching with an Eagles fan. I didn't find out this guy was an Eagles fan until I, till that play happened, and I said, "That's a fumble for a touchdown." And the guy was like, "No way!" He argued so hard with me. I go, "Are you an Eagles fan?" He goes, "Yeah, but it doesn't matter." <laughs> and I said, "Okay." But later, by on, rule by rule, I think they got. I don't it right. care what the rule is. I don't give a, I I don't care I agree. what the rule it, is because here's here's why the rule doesn't matter. Normally the rules matter. Here's why the rule does not matter because the rule contradicts itself. And I'm going to tell you exactly how Dallas Goddard's catch. Tell me the football move that Dallas Goddard made. It's a fair point.
1: He didn't, he just got two feet down, right?
0: So look, I'm all for following the rules. You know, if we go back to the Tom Brady deflate gate, like I was one of these people like, look, the rules are what the rules are. You may think deflating the footballs doesn't do that much. I don't care. But when your rule book actually contradicts itself, that's a problem. And I asked, I turned to that Eagles fan when Goddard made the catch. I said, hey, man, will you tell me what football move Dallas Goddard made? And he kind of smiled and said, yeah. He goes, I I get your point. Um, Here's the thing. Even with that rule, Marcus, he did make a football move. He turned upfield. Yeah. Is that not a football move? Does a football move have to be a foot forward
1: or can a turning of the hips upfield be a football move? I think the way the rule is written now, you have to have you have to have two feet down and it, they have a, it's very ambiguous, but it's like a, a matter of time. Right. There's a determined amount of time that you have to have. I will say when Fox did a really good job of showing the angles of that play. And, you know, did he get the third foot net down? No, but when they showed it in real time, I was like, oh yeah, that doesn't look like a catch to me. So I, I am, I agree with you. I think they got the call right on the field based on the rule, but I hate the rule.
0: Well, the call on the field was that it was well, a fumble for a I think, <laughs>
1: I think they eventually got the call on the field, right? Cause the call on the field was a fumble
0: again. Then the a Goddard play shouldn't have counted. Like he didn't make the well, football it. We that's have different when you're at this, when it you're different. The sideline yeah. Stuff. When it, yeah. But that's, I don't believe that's specified in the NFL rule book. It doesn't say when you're in the field of play, you have to make a catch in a football yep. move, but when you're in a sideline, you don't, I don't, I, that's the thing. So either way, just do what John Madden suggested years ago, two feet down possession, done, done. We don't have any more of this crap anymore. Uh, oh, this, that play infuriated me because That was a massive play in the game, a massive play in the game. When you have a defense that's having a hard time getting a stop, that's excellent at takeaways, uh, you win a ton of games. And that's what the Chiefs did on that play. Um, Unlike the first half when you called it an unforced error, agreed. This was a forced error. Uh, Whoever – I can't remember who forced that one, um, but – Nick Bolton. Was it Bolton that broke on that play? Um, Oh, no,
1: it was Jerry Snead.
0: Yeah, Snead. He read it perfectly. I thought he might pick the ball at first when I was watching it, but the ball got there too fast. Um, anyway, that play was very frustrating. I thought from there, Marcus, that – I don't know why I'm saying your name is if there's someone else in the room um, other than Cassius Puppy. Um, I thought the Eagles could afford to go back to their backs a little bit in the second half. You saw the Chiefs turn up the the, the volume on their run game I thought the Eagles could use their running backs and and throw a little bit less. Um, Did you notice that, or or am
1: I crazy? Well, they were being efficient no matter what they were doing on offense, so it's hard to blame them too much, right? Whenever they threw the ball down the field, they were having success. Goddard made, I mean, so many huge plays in this game. Uh, Honestly, I don't know if I can criticize anything that Philly did on offense. I mean, they scored 35 points. They did. And they made it look, Pretty easy, and they did what you're supposed to do, right? Like have long drives, score touchdowns, don't settle for field goals against Patrick Mahomes, and keep him off the field. Like they executed the game plan almost perfectly, and still lost. I, I, the biggest story in this game is Philly's defense. So that's that's what we should be talking about.
0: Yeah, I ju- I'm just saying on that side of it, I thought the Eagles' running backs versus the Chiefs was a mismatch in favor of Philly. And I thought they could have exploited that a little bit more and run some clock at times, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's hard to knit. It's definitely picking nits with the offensive uh, game plan, Kansas city. I know everyone's going to talk about the Bradbury call,
1: but let's when you allow, right let's do that really quickly. Do you think that was defensive holding? If
0: you're going to, here's what I would say. If you're going to say that that was uh, by the letter of the law, an incomplete pass, then yes, it's holding. In other words, you're going to say it was an incomplete pass to Miles Sanders that he fumbled on. Then I'm going to say, then that was holding by the letter of the law. He, he hooked and tugged on the Jersey. Did he not? Yep. See, this is the problem that I have with people watching the game fans and people on Twitter is they, they want it both ways. Right, they want to watch that play and say no, that's not a catch because he didn't make a football-related move, and they made the right call. But then when it's in the rule book that you you can't hook and you can't hold, they want you, you know what I mean? You got to have it one way or the other. We're either doing the ticky tack or we're not.
1: So, my thoughts on this is I think the catch and the penalty. I think the penalty is a more of a judgment call, where the catch is more okay. This is what exactly what the rule states, right? I think it was a pretty soft holding call. Um, But I, I wish in close games in the fourth quarter, roughs would just swallow the whistle a little bit more, right? Don't make it about them unless it's egregious, right? Like if Bradbury would have tackled Juju or really grabbed them and prevented him from making a move. I get it. I think he might've pulled him a little bit, but I, that ball was so overthrown that I don't think Gigi was getting there anyway. So I can see both sides of that one. I know that sounds like I'm sitting on the fence, but it, it just felt like a soft call that I wish wouldn't have been called.
0: See, this fires me up because again, you can't have it both ways. Like either play it, ticky tack or play it uh, loose. Yeah. Don't choose. Wait, no, in the third quarter, when it involves a defensive touchdown, we're going to play it by the exact rule. But in the fourth quarter, when it involves the offense, we're going to – you see what I'm saying? Like, that's problematic to me.
1: Do it one way or the other. I just wish the the officials would let these teams decide it, right? Let it – only call it if it's egregious. But that's my point
0: on the touchdown. Are you letting them decide it if you're – you're saying, well, it was a football move, but it wasn't for two seconds. It only was for half a frame, so therefore we're going to overturn the call. Is that letting them play?
1: I, I don't feel like that in, is. In, in my opinion, I think – again, it's just my opinion. I think the Bradbury play was way more questionable than the Miles Sanders play.
0: I don't uh, because the Miles Sanders play was called a touchdown on the field just like the Bradbury one. Now, if they had overturned an incomplete pass and do a fumble return touchdown, I would agree with you. But we're supposed to have indisputable video evidence to overturn. And I think if you want, you need to watch that play again because you'll see that he clearly turns upfield, clearly. Um, he doesn't just catch the ball and get hit. He starts to turn his body. But on the Bradbury play, interestingly enough, Bradbury said after the game, I held him. And I didn't mm-hmm. think the refs would see it. I tend to agree with you that I don't think he's get Schuster's getting to that ball even without that little tug. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I have to say, you know, Carl Sheffers
1: was your favorite, by the way. Uh <laughs> did say, you know, surprising we had a game with a controversial ending with that with that guy leading uh
0: his crew. If we're gonna be really specific to the rules. I do think we need to differentiate between pass interference and, and, a pre-throw hold. That's a very specific call before the pass was thrown. That's a penalty, whether or not the ball is deemed catchable or not. Yeah. Pass pass interference is only the time is that's the only time you, you do that. So by the letter of the law, we can't consider
1: your point, um, which I think is valid. Right. I, it, it just makes it all, a little bit more complicated, but mm. And the I other just think that we have some kind of controversy with it. That's all. I do too.
0: I Here's a couple things about that that maybe will make you feel better about it. Number one, and this is important for the viewers, when the referee makes that determination, he's not making it based on the end of the play. Correct. So he's not looking to say, oh, wait a minute. He would have never gotten there anyway, so I'm not going to call this. He's already reaching for that flag when the ball's in its descent. And then people go, well, then how come the flag came out after the pass was incomplete? Because it takes a second to reach back, pull the flag out of your pocket, and then you throw it near where the offense was. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, sometimes the refs reach for the flag and they don't grab it cleanly. Kind of like when they turn their mic on, sometimes they don't turn it on cleanly. It happens, you know, and the game is so fast, it feels like it's forever. The other thing that I think could make you feel better about it is the Chiefs essentially went on four touchdown drives in the second half yeah it's technically three touchdowns and a field goal but that's because they declined going for the touchdown with the at the end of the day if you want to complain about a call try
1: mixing a stop in there somewhere
0: you know i hate to be harsh but that's kind of the truth isn't it
1: yeah so that was my big takeaway from this game is maybe we should have seen this coming from philadelphia's defense because You look at how they performed against average to above-average quarterbacks this year, and they struggled. Like, uh, I I was looking at the the things here. Uh, The Cowboys put up 40 points on them when they had Dak Prescott. Jared Goff and the Lions scored 35 points against them. Uh, Trevor Lawrence only scored 21, but they kept that game really close. Uh, You know, even Aaron Rodgers, as bad as he played this year, him and Jordan love put up 33 against the Eagles. Whenever they were forced to play decent offenses, they really struggled. And it wasn't a surprise that Kansas city was able to score 38 points in this game on eight drives, eight drives.
0: Yeah. There's only one game they had against a good quarterback where they played really well. That was Monday night against Minnesota. That's the only one Kirk cousins. Yep. Um, you know, I I I didn't like, let me just say this too. I didn't like the call at the end. I, I didn't like it. It it. It made me feel a little bit like the championship games where I hated to see the NFC championship settled the way that it was. I hated to see the AFC championship settled with the bad officiating. And I hated that this one, because I think what would have happened without that call, tell me if you see it the same way, I think what happens there is Kansas City puts Butker on the field. It's going to be a short field goal. He nails it. Eagles have a buck and a half plus two timeouts. Kansas City's going to play prevent because they already got burned by Devontae Smith there, like in the third quarter. A.J. Brown earlier in the game. They're not going to let the Eagles get something deep like that. They'll let him take Goddard. By the way, still, they're going to give up 12, 15, 12 over the middle. Philly gets into range for Elliott. It uh, he hits it, they go to overtime. That's how I see the rest of the game playing out.
1: I agree. Um, and that would have been really fun to have our own. But could Philadelphia have stopped Kansas City's offense in overtime? No. No, we also have the new rule, right? Which I think would have been kind of cool to see where both teams get the ball no matter what. So,
0: right, right. So, I think the key would have been if you're one of the, if you're an Eagles fan, you're listening and you're like, hey, man, Elliot, you're totally wrong. The Bradbury call was awful, decided the game. I think the question for you is would the Eagles be able to score a touchdown in overtime? Cause I think Kansas City was going, it reminded me of Kansas City Buffalo last mm. year. Um, would the Eagles have been able to answer? Because I just don't see I didn't see Philly's defense getting a stop late in that game if it went to overtime. Kansas City was having their way running the ball. I think Kansas City had maybe 160 yards rushing in this game. It had to be close to that. 150 something. Uh 151. Yep. 151. Who saw that coming? You know? Um, what do you think the biggest play in the game was non- controversial like non overturn
1: non-penalty I think it was the Kadarius Tony pump return just because it flipped the field so quickly and Kansas City scored what two three plays later um it just felt like it, it felt like a lot of the momentum had shifted and once Kansas City got that touchdown and they took a four-point lead I think at that time uh or no, they was. I think they took an eight point lead. That's what that's what mm-hmm, gave them the eight mm-hmm. point lead. It did feel like they were going to win this game.
0: I think for me, if it wasn't that play, it was the Patrick Mahomes uh, scramble. Was it twenty eight yeah, yards, or whatever it was? Um, I think was that third down that he did that, yeah. or maybe it was second and long. Um, I thought he
1: was going to slide as soon as he got the first first down, but he just kept on going. You know, I so
0: at first I thought. You know, he was probably thinking it was going to slide and then realize he had more room. But then I realized he probably can't slide. It's no, really hard to, to slide. It's, uh, it is really hard to slide with cleats. You have to practice it. Um, it it's about the QB slide. Wasn't it Mark Sanchez that the Jets really worked on teaching him mm-hmm. how to slide? Because he was mm-hmm. taking so many hits as a rookie. And he was having trouble just being able to do it properly. I really wonder if your ankles that banged up, by the way, I, I, I think he had some help with that ankle. <laughs> Just say that he, said he didn't uh, get a
1: shot at halftime, by the way. Okay. Can, right. can we do a, a, a two minute Patrick Mahomes thing? Sure. Um, so he was named the MVP didn't put up monster numbers, but I got a take that I want to fire off. I, I, it's a half baked take, so I'm not completely sold on it yet, but, that sounds like I most think, of your
0: takes, so I don't think we yeah, need to preamble.
1: I think Mahomes played a near flawless game, but it wasn't all that impressive to me. If, here's why. A lot of his throws were to wide open guys. Like the two touchdowns that he threw, the one to Sky Moore and the one to Kadarius Toney. I mean, there was nobody even close to him. Those are just awesome play calls by Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Um I, 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 He had a couple nice players plays where he stepped up at the pocket found Travis Kelsey, but I've seen I've seen Mahomes play much more impressive games than this. but it's not it's not to say that I think he's bad or anything. It's just this wasn't Mahomes' best game.
0: I think there's nothing wrong with that take at all. I just would like to point out to you this is exactly what I said about Dak Prescott against Tampa Bay. And you looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, Show me the high difficulty throw he made in that game. I said, The game plan, his receivers were wide open in that game, but that's okay. That's okay. That's still good quarterback play. He, he,
1: he did, just like Dak didn't miss against Tampa. Mahomes, exactly. He made every layup that was given. And him, no turnovers.
0: Right? Yeah. No turnovers. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Um, yep. I, so I don't think it's a half baked take it all you know um it's it's managing it's not the game take away from
1: the it's just i've seen him be more impressive than he was in this game but he still deserved the mvp award
0: you know there's guys that make a whole career out of that to be honest i mean i was just thinking about this the other day and we won't go down to rabbit hole but um i was watching an old america's game and um uh, emmett smith and jerry rice made things look so easy that you know Jerry Rice doesn't have the spectacular highlights and Emmett Smith. People always want to point out who's better than him. And it's like, you know, sometimes there's a a skill in making everything look so easy. Like when Peyton Manning would throw a wobbler to wide open receivers and you're like, well, what's the big deal? He just threw a wounded duck to Stokely. Yeah. But pre snap Manning knew exactly which guy against that coverage was going to be open. And that's the genius of it, you know, or in tonight's case, I think not giving the ball up. I think that was really the key for Kansas City is not giving the ball up. Um, So I understand your point. I I don't think it's half-baked. You've had a lot more half-baked thoughts than that,
1: let me tell you. Uh, Can I run through some other just little thoughts I had from this game? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do something I don't do on this podcast very often. Uh, I was wrong about something. Really, really wrong. You don't ever do can I correct I, that? You don't ever do. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I thought when the Eagles traded for Robert Quinn right before the end of the trade deadline that he was going to be like this massive addition for them. He played two snaps tonight. Two. Weird. Like, it was. I, I I don't know what happened. He was a complete non-factor. Jordan Davis, their first round defensive tackle, played ten snaps tonight. Like I thought, those two guys were going to be the key for them winning this game, and they basically did nothing.
0: I mean, to that point, I think we should say, I know Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. I have no problem with that. But Kansas City's offensive line put on a clinic in the second half. Mm -hmm. Clinic. They didn't, well, they didn't give up a sack the whole game. This is a team that had 70 sacks during the Mm -hmm. season. I mean, 70 sacks, like a good NFL season, of course, 17 games has now screwed all of us up. But A good 17 game sack season for a team, I would say, is 45. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 70. How many sacks did the Cowboys have this year?
1: Quite a few, but nowhere near that many.
0: Yeah. We talk about their pass rush all the time. You know, I mean, that's an insane number. The record, the NFL record is 72, and that's by the 84 Bears the year before they went nuts. I mean, dude, to not get a sack tonight, to not allow a sack, when your quarterback is hobbling around, pretty doggone impressive. And to run block, how many carries did the Chiefs have to get that 151? Do you have another box score up?
1: Twenty-six. Twenty-six
0: carries. Bro, that's six yards a carry. Almost. No. It's very close. Uh,
1: you know. No. Uh actually I was wrong. 26 carries for 158 yards, six point one yards per carry. And it's also important to remember Mahomes lost like 10 yards on the last two kneel downs of the game as they were getting ready to field goal, So they were actually averaging more than that.
0: When you talk about guys that are new to their teams, making contributions or not, how about Tony himself? You're talking about his kick return. You know, he had a big touchdown against Jacksonville uh, in Mm -hmm. that, that kind of close game they played earlier in the year. He ended up being a contributor for that team this year. Obviously big tonight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Scored a touchdown. uh, Had the big punt return. Still feels like they could figure out more ways to get him involved in the offense, but uh, I mean, I should also mention Juju. I thought Juju, especially in the, sec- the second half, made a bunch of really big key plays for them. Uh, I, it actually made me pretty happy to see Juju thriving for the Chiefs. So. Pacheco had a nice game. Which I want to tell you about. So Pacheco led uh, both teams in rushing yards, 76 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read you the list of the last 14 Super Bowl winners and their leading rushers. Are you ready? You that's tell it. me if you Steve. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco, Cam Akers, Leonard Fournette, Damian Williams, Sony Michelle, Legarrett Blunt, LeGarrett Blunt, C.J. Anderson, LaDarius Blunt, three, that's three LaDarius Blunts, Percy Harvin, Ray Rice, Ahmad Bradshaw, James Starks, Pierre Thomas.
0: One of the things that I noticed about a lot of those guys early on in the list is it's not their first team; it's their second team. They're a pickup. It's not a guy they even drafted, um, and then not
1: a lot of high-profile backs there. Um, the most expensive back of those fourteen running backs was Leonard Fournette, who signed a one-year, two-million-dollar deal deal with Tampa Bay in twenty twenty. That was even more than Leggy Blunt. Yeah, that's more money. The most that Blunt ever got in his three seasons was 900000 from the Eagles.
0: You know, we don't have a lot of great nicknames in sports anymore, football. You know, we don't have Crazy Legs Hirsch. We don't have Too Tall Jones, right? Yep. I like Leggy Blunt.
1: There you go. Uh,
0: you clearly don't care
1: maybe, at all about my hot maybe, nickname take. Maybe you don't have to pay top dollar for a running back to have success in the NFL. It's, it's, you, it's, you know,
0: it's... It, and it really makes me think about uh, a theme I've been thinking about. I was going to, in fact, brand it on coffee mugs and stuff. Hear me out now.
1: Running backs don't matter. Mm. What do you think? I kind of like it. I like it. seems like all that matters in the NFL now is speed, right? Can you put your foot down, uh, get up field, get five, six yards, and move on to the next play? If you can do that, great. You're going to be our starting running back.
0: You know, speaking of that. Um, I understand the field was an issue tonight, but so much of the NFL has become some of the slippage is from not being patient. It's yeah. from trying to get the ball and just be speed, 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 speed. And, um, that is one thing I miss, uh, about, you know, say nineties NFL is the running backs and receivers. Everybody was a little more patient. Um, I don't know that the one cut and go kind of thing is always good, but, uh, that said, Pacheco hit it hard tonight uh, for sure. He had a nice game. I just think the Chiefs' offensive line, man, was the difference in the game. And I, we yeah. talked about this on our Picks podcast. We yep. uh, we discussed this very thing. Could the Chiefs' offensive line – because we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs' defensive line. And Chris, I said, you know, Chris Jones is going to have a hard time making big plays against that Eagles line. But on the flip side – if they can stonewall the Eagles devastating pass rush, Kansas city has a real opportunity in this game. And yep. their offense was almost perfect in the second half.
1: Yeah. I mean, in fact, you, they, they didn't score a touchdown in the final drive. They settled for a field goal. That was probably a better strategy than scoring a touchdown, right? Yes. Jerk McKinnon went down at one yard line, very easily could have scored. The Eagles were letting him score, decided to go down. And that move, Allowed them to burn an extra minute and a half, so Philly only got one play on offense. Uh, yeah, again, almost as perfect as you could play a second half.
0: That was definitely Browns fans' least favorite play of the
1: Super Bowl. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got one question for you before we go. Sure. We know that not every year the best team wins the Super Bowl. Sometimes it just you know luck is involved, and sometimes you know um, you get weird games. Leaving this game, do you feel like the best team in the NFL won the Super Bowl?
0: I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because I don't – I can honestly say I never – I can't ever remember a season like this where I still don't feel like the conference championships have been decided yet. I just – The Eagles 49ers, I think we all got robbed. We can all agree. The Eagles may have won anyway, but who's ever seen a game where a team literally didn't have a guy that could throw a ball for a whole half? And then the Bengals Chiefs, we don't need to go through the ref debacle with that game. So I had a sour taste coming out. Not that the wrong teams won. Don't get me wrong. Kansas City, Philadelphia may have been the two best teams. I just would have liked to seen it decided more cleanly. And I still feel the same way about this because whether or not I yell at you about the Bradbury uh, play versus the touchdown that got taken back, the bottom line is this game should not have been decided on that. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted this game to go to overtime and let Kansas City's offense go win it and prove it, which I think they would have done. I think the Eagles might have scored a field goal and the Chiefs go and score a touchdown, and that's what would have happened, and that's fine, but I'd rather see that than the way it was. So I'm not, I no, I can't tell you that Kansas city was the best team
1: in football. I, I tend to agree with you. My takeaway is that there's not a clear cut best team in the NFL from the season, right? Cause Philadelphia Mm-mm. easily won that game. Like not a lot. You don't have to squint very hard to see a scenario where Philly wins that game. You mentioned the 49ers and the Bengals beat the chiefs during the regular season. And I think if they have some average officiating Two weeks ago, they probably win that game. It's not to take anything away from the Chiefs. It's just it feels like the top four teams that we had were all so neck and neck that it's hard to say that one team was definitively a lot better than the other.
0: Yeah, and if you compare it to last year, what's interesting is last year I thought San Francisco should have beaten the Rams in the championship, and I thought the Bengals got absolutely gypped in that Super Bowl but I do think that the Rams were the best team in football. It's <laughs> as, yep. as odd as that sounds, you know, um, I feel more confident saying the Rams were the best team in the league in 2021. than I do saying the chiefs are the best team in the league in
1: 2022. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, so, well, all in all a fun 2022 season. Did you like this year?
0: I did. Um, you know, I thought, this was the best season, I think. This was better than 1920 or 21, uh, in my mind. Uh, this Well, season. certainly
1: better than 20. 20 was disaster.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll say this about this season. There were a lot of good teams. Um, the only thing I thought, well, there's some great individual performances this year, the only thing I thought that we really missed this year is we didn't have a great postseason. That was the one thing this season lacked.
1: Although I think um, the Super Bowl helped
0: a little bit. because The Super Bowl absolutely helped. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think they got the awards right. You know, we talked about the awards and mm-hmm. we had some little tiny gripes about this or that. You know, I, I if I didn't say it in our podcast, I told Marcus offline, uh, if you didn't listen to our last podcast, actually, I think our last podcast was really good. I don't say that that much, but I really, if you didn't catch it, we talked about the awards. We recorded that on Friday. We did that. I'm trying to think what day Mm -hmm. we did that. Um, uh, Marcus convinced me. Marcus was trying to, Marcus was trying to sell me that his Micah Parsons tweet about being defensive player of the year was not feeding his base. And in the process of trying to convince me that he wasn't being a Cowboys homer, he actually convinced me that in fact, Nick Bosa nor Micah Parsons were the defensive player of the year that Sauce Gardner was. Um, Anyway, it was a a fun, good podcast. I thought they got the awards right. I thought there were great, some great games in the regular season, some great individual performances. Um, Just the only thing lacking was a little bit of the playoffs, but then we made up for it with a really good Super Bowl. Um, I have two questions for you here. Yeah. First one is, if the NFL's competition committee Number one, outlawed the Eagles play. I'm sure you wouldn't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But I if agree. they said, you know what? We realize that people are keep talking about our catch rule and it confuses everybody. From now on, we are just going with the what the old iteration was in the 70s and 80s. Two, two feet down possession, it's a catch. Would you have a problem with that? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, there are going to be plays where people are going to get upset. But at the end of the day, it'll be so much
1: easier for everyone, don't you think, for the refs? for the teams, for the fans. For everybody that's watching it at a bar and sees their guy catch a pass and get two feet down and then they wonder, hey, does he need to get a football move? No, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Just make it simple. Two feet
0: down possession, catch. Boom. Um, My second question for you, is it fair to call the Chiefs a dynasty? If you consider that they made the AFC Championship in 2018, they lost because of a, a neutral zone infraction, uh, literally, you no. could blame that call.
1: <laughs> no, because I think I think for you to be a dynasty, you have to win at least two Super Bowls in a row before we can even get there.
0: What if you win three out of five? Three in five years. That's pretty doggone good. The thing is, is their yeah. off years have
1: been really good. Right. If you win three in five years, okay, that, yes, we're talking about a dynasty, but I don't, I to me personally, I think you kind of have to win multiple years in a row. Because there was only – I saw the, the stat today. There was only like seven players from this current Chiefs team that won the Super Bowl with them back in 2019. Yeah, well, that's football now. Um, right. But for better I'm worse. assuming there's going to be 21, 22 players from this team on the team next year. So if they win it next year, yeah, we can have that conversation. Uh, what's their cap situation right now? Uh, it's tight, but they can – they've got a really a progressive and smart front office. They'll be fine.
0: Well, um, if they win the Super Bowl next year, I'm certainly willing to call them a dynasty because that would not only be three Super Bowl wins, you'd have a fourth appearance, right, against Tampa, and that would make six straight conference championship game appearances as well. I I got three quick things before
1: we go. Really quick. Sneaky Hall of Fame case, Joe Thune, three Super Bowl wins, multiple Pro Bowls. Good luck. <laughs> I'm saying, what if he gets the five Super Bowl wins?
0: I mean, yeah, sure, but I could tell you Charles Haley for years was the only guy with five Super Bowl rings, and he waited a long That's time to right. get in
1: the hall. Uh, next one. Our big bet, the octopus bet, which we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, hit, which is if you haven't heard of the octopus bet, it's when a player scores a touchdown and then scores the two-point conversion on the next play. Jalen Hurts did it late in the fourth quarter with two touchdown runs. So that was cool. Uh, Last thing before I sign off, Elliot, only 210 days until we get to see Carl Shepard's again. Can't wait. He's obviously excited. He's the main character. Can't wait to see him again. You know what? I would like to point
0: out, I did take the over and the chiefs uh, in this game, but – I wouldn't have had, and I said this on our podcast, I didn't have the guts to bet on either one because it was so close in my mind. I thought the over was on the money. I thought it was a good over. I just, I kind of sided towards more like 53 points, and I thought the Chiefs would win, although I could, I didn't have a good explanation for it. It was more of a gut feel. Uh, the fact that you hit on the octopus bet is pretty stellar. That's pretty stellar. You deserve a lot of credit for that. So, Thank you. That's uh, a dumb bet. <laughs> and, and by the way, Eagles fans, uh, if you're upset about the last call, let me tell you, I feel for you. It's certain, not, certainly nothing like that. It's just more for me. How are we going to do? Are we going to if we're going to follow the rule book? Let's follow the rule book. If we're not going to follow the rule book and call it on field, then let's do that. But we can't just keep going back and forth. That's yeah. why I was so frustrated about the touchdown taken away and then the Bradbury call. But uh, all that being said, uh, a nice Super Bowl, great season. Uh, Marcus and I will be back um in a couple of days and uh we're i'm not sure what we're going to talk about i kind of want to rank the Super Bowls and see if this makes my top 10 i'm I'm, okay let's do that i'm not sure i'm not sure right now uh i I need i need a few days to think about it but either way if you need your football fix though marcus will be doing a locked on cowboys podcast uh tomorrow he'll be doing that with landon mccool and celebratory
1: podcast it'll be fun
0: (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, he also covers the Raiders for USA Today. They had a lot to cheer about tonight, except not at all. And then uh, what's your PFF article this week?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be like a low-hanging fruit mock draft. So, we'll Oh, see. that's right. You told me that the other day. That is such low. It's like,
0: I mean, you know, a mock drafts like a Capri Sun on a summer
1: day, a cold Capri Sun. You know what you're going to get? you are going to be happy with it. You're going to look at it. You're going to read it, and then you're going to move on. It's fine. You are your whole life is a mock draft.
0: It is. You're like, for example, we talked about cupcakes. You're a chocolate Hostess cupcake guy. I like the orange ones. You're just the low hanging fruit. Give me the chocolate, mm-hmm. like I, I mm-hmm. get it.
1: I like okay. Oreos. Is my favorite cookie. You know, it's fine. Great.
0: <laughs> you can follow him. You get great takes like that. Uh, at Marcus he's been firing them off all night. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We appreciate you guys. We had a great season. Um, very sorry for you, Eagle fans, but y'all had a great year and maybe the great, best team overall in the league, quite frankly. Kansas City Chiefs fans, congratulations. You won another Super Bowl, your third. It's really awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna sign off with that. Take care, everybody. We will talk to you in a few days. Bye bye.